welcome to a Life Doctor Mental Fitness Podcast, helping you change your mind so you can change your life. Welcome back to part two of my podcast and what I did not know about anxiety. Now in the last podcast I went through how I didn't know anxiety was being caused by a physical condition and not a mental one. My poor nervous system was inflamed and my neurochemistry was unbalanced, which left me experiencing panic attacks, negative thoughts and a level of worrying, which was way out of context with everyday life. I also went through how I didn't know that my unhealthy lifestyle choices were making my anxiety worse. They were my coping mechanisms, but they really needed changing so I could heal. I actually had more control over changing my anxiety than I originally thought. Because changing an unhealthy lifestyle was in my circle of influence. I could actually control that. Whereas trying to change a mindset that was proving to be difficult to alter felt almost impossible. And that was because I was treating my anxiety, as I've been told to, as a mental state and not a physical one, when it actually was the opposite way around. Anxiety is a physical condition creating a mental state. And treating it that way changed my life. So in today's podcast, I'm going to share with you what I didn't know about anxiety when it comes to the thought process and how by working with your thoughts, you can continue helping your anxiety heal. So one of the biggest changes to my anxiety disorder came when I was studying mindfulness, which can feel quite daunting because it's quite a hard subject to understand. In all honesty, I found it quite boring, but my intuition kept going back to it and finally probably about the third or fourth time I kept looking at it, I began to have a Eureka moment. And that was that thoughts were just thoughts. Okay, that doesn't really make sense just in itself. But it began to dawn on me that thoughts were not real. Not only that, but I could learn to step back from my thought process, from being the experiencer of my thoughts to just being an observer. Now, some of you might already know that. But to me as a teenager... That was pretty groundbreaking. Now, when I first heard about it, I was confused. What? My anxious thoughts were really not real. I mean, that absolutely sounded ridiculous to me. It took me some time to work my way around and just to understand that concept. How were they not real? Surely what I was thinking was real. I mean, do you mean to say that all this time I've been reacting to thoughts when I didn't really have to? They were just options for me to be able to observe and actually choose how to react to them instead of just being reactive. So breaking down the thought process actually began to help this make sense. So we know that thoughts are part of a process of information. They are created by our experiences and the brain has to filter that information and organise them on a scale of importance for us. And it does that mostly through the subconscious. I mean, it would drive us completely insane uh, to be conscious of the whole process dealing with every bit of information happening to us right now from our past and how predicting our future. So basically, every second of the day, our brains, with survival at its number one goal, not only filters out all of our experiences, but from that information, it's also predicting everything, absolutely everything that we do not want to happen to us. These predictions are created so we're not surprised and our supercomputer brains have made sure that all bases are covered. Well, as much as it can do anyway. When we get stressed and the mind thinks we are in danger emotionally or physically, those predictions begin to rise up from the subconscious mind to be noticed consciously. 
and they can feel quite violent or intrusive and absolutely terrifying, which is absolutely perfect if our lives are in danger. But stood in a bank in a queue, being in a supermarket, being on public transport, certainly not in context. And also, I labelled myself really unhelpfully as a negative person because I was having all of these negative thoughts. After all, surely positive people didn't have these thoughts like this. I didn't know that they did, but they were more in the subconscious. Mine had risen from the subconscious to the conscious mind, and now I was noticing them. I remember once being asked to hold a baby, and my mind quickly began to think about what would happen if I dropped it, leaving me absolutely terrified to hold that baby because my mind was predicting what would happen if I dropped it, which sent panic running through me. And clients have been telling me about their intrusive thoughts and how these thoughts can scare the living daylights out of them. They often think they are going mad, which I can assure them that is definitely not the case. I mean, out come the confessions of imagining throwing hot coffee over someone or chopping off their fingers whilst cutting vegetables or even driving off of a cliff. What they did not know was that the mind is simply creating all of these predictions in the subconscious mind and due to stress levels can begin to uh, allow some of these uh, thoughts to begin to leak to the surface. And when we notice them, they can, we can be terrified by them so much that, again, we try to distract ourselves, try not to think these thoughts. We will fight them or judge them, which just gives them power. So whilst I was going through that, I was totally desperate to be a positive person. You hear it talked about a lot. Being a positive person is totally amazing. And I felt pretty low because I was a negative person. That's what I labelled myself. And apparently, according to all the self-help books that you were looking at, well, I was looking at, um, being positive was a cure for anxiety. You see, apparently, negative thoughts were the source of my anxiety. And therefore, I mean, if you ever read a book about the law of attraction or anything similar, apparently my thoughts were attracting to me Really negative experiences, almost like karma. This vibration went out mysteriously into the universe and just brought me bad luck. If only I could make myself think more positively. And that battle was exhausting. There was no way that by trying to get rid of my thoughts, by judging them, by fighting them, by rationalising them, by putting them into a little box, I was simply making it worse. And the reason for that, the brain's number one goal is survival. That is to focus on anything that affects my well-being emotionally or physically and if I'm telling my brain that a thought is dangerous it will keep looking out for it which makes them really intrusive no one told me this and mindfulness being over bloated and a bit wishy-washy back then um, wasn't really pointing that out in strong terms either for me to understand so by beginning to breathe slowly and rhythmically to the diaphragm, which told my limbic system, which is the part of the brain dealing with my survival, my emotions, that I was safe. It also, by the way, reduces the stress hormone cortisol. My brain began to relax and I was able to let these thoughts begin to come and go. Now that they were not real, that I could become the observer of them, 
I no longer had to fight them, nor judge them, or rationalise them. I could just step back. Now this began to enable a level of critical thinking that I hadn't really experienced before with my thought process. So critical thinking is a way of just beginning to question the validity of what I was thinking and any beliefs that were attached to that. For example, in my mind, all people were pretty much dangerous or were going to hurt me or stab me in the back somehow. And by beginning to question that, I could begin to then create some experiments where, well, let's just see if people are really like that. And I was pleasantly surprised. So by working with my thoughts and working with them, allowing them, accepting them, beginning to step back from them, this combined with my lifestyle changes was taking pressure off of my nervous system, which gave me a complete and utter shock one day. And that was, I began to feel relaxed. Gone completely for a moment was that on-edge feeling, which had been what I'd felt part of my life for every day. Gone was the pressure in my chest. The knot in my stomach didn't seem to be there. My brain actually felt slower, less busy, and even not so cluttered. Now, of course, I then began to worry that the anxiety would come back because I was so shocked at this stillness, this peace. Which it did, actually. It did come back. But it also felt less intense. And it actually felt more manageable. And, of course, it began to wane and disappear again. The more I began to work with and accept how I thought and began to work with my feelings, too, on another level. And I'll go through that in the next podcast. I really was enjoying the small periods of peace which began to last longer and longer. So in short, if you're struggling with anxiety, taking pressure off of your nervous system is, in my view, absolutely crucial for you to heal. Now, you can do this with simple lifestyle changes, and you can do this through changing the way you think as long as you are working with your brain and nervous system and not against it. Now, in the next podcast, I am going to share with you some of the other therapy strategies I found from around the world, which again continue to be life-changing for me, and I hope could help you too. Also, remember that any podcasts which are self-help-based are not a replacement for therapy. Uh, Therapy is very important to assess your individual needs so you can be worked with more intuitively. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Your feedback and comments continue to help me grow and are more than welcome. Please share, please subscribe and keep on changing your mind so you can change your life. Life's really too short not to.